as we hear heaven speak back to us there are words of the earth there are words of heaven don't forget and jesus says that the flesh does not profit much when he says the flesh he's talking about human ability and all that man is in the same sentence he says but the words i speak to you they are spirit and they are what life don't forget that and so this month we are dealing with relationships and um, very important you know the way we follow our teaching and our ministry here we try to follow as god leads us before i start let me tell you why sometimes people miss god they don't miss god because god is not speaking or because god is hiding or because god is trying to camouflage his blessing that's what he used to tell us god used to camouflage his blessing. if i'm trying to give you something and i'm camouflaging it so that you miss it do i really want to give it to you no god is not like that god wants to give you a good thing but he will first give you a bad thing that's evil even if I, even if me, pastor, do that to you, you call me evil pastor. <laughs> you know that. that. That's not true. But why do people miss God? Most times, like I said, it's not because he's not speaking. Just listen to me very carefully. It's not because God is hiding. It's not because the hand of God cannot save or deliver. People miss God because their minds are already set on things. That thing could be a lie. That thing could be their own understanding. In fact, when the Bible talks about strongholds, that's what it is. So when we preach, we fight the warfare to knock down every stronghold that has stopped people from progressing. That warfare, the Bible is talking about there, is not you staying up in the night to shout. As I'm preaching now, I'm fighting a warfare. Somebody say amen. And if you read the scripture very well, it will tell you. Because it says, knocking down every argument and every high thing that has exhausted itself above the knowledge of God. So, as I preach to you, this is warfare. Because what am I doing? I'm allowing the spirit of God to speak through me to knock down the ideas, the understandings, the lies that you have believed the wrong information you have about God, knocking it down so that truth can penetrate. Somebody say amen. amen. So the reason people miss God is not because God is far. It's not because God is not speaking. It's because their mind is cast on something. That is why the only thing Jesus required from men is to do what? To repent. What is repent? Change your... Uh, that's the only thing Jesus required from men. Go and, go and read the Gospels. Everywhere he's, he went, he said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. You used to think that the kingdom of God is somewhere, but now it's at hand. It is where you can enter into it. What we make you not to enter is not because the kingdom is not there. It's because your mind is locked. That's why you will not enter. And so that's why people miss God. I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and I've been telling this story here uh, this week, 
And let me use that to explain to you how this works. On Monday, I was supposed to go to a place um, in um, Silverbed, Silverbed, Galleria. I've been to Silverbed many times. I know where it is. I can close my eye and go there. So they sent me this instruction from the office that I needed to visit Silverbed Galleria. For some reason, for some reason, my mind stuck on Sidi Plaza. For some reason, when I saw the instruction, listen to me very carefully, I read Silverbed. But what I was seeing was Sidi Plaza. They sent me the instruction a couple of times. Silverbed. Silverbed. I was supposed to go to Silverbed and go to Transcorp. But when I looked at Silverbed Gallery, I saw Sidi Plaza. And so, because I didn't want to waste time, I know how to get there, but I also decided, listen to me carefully, I decided to use my GPS. That I decided to use my map. So I punched in in my map, Silverbed, and I was driving. And you know the map on the phone is also voice guided. So not only can you see, you can hear the thing going. I got to where I was supposed to make a left. And the map was saying, make a left. Make a left. And that's, for those of you who know where I'm talking about, you know that if you get in front of Sheraton, if you make a left, you go towards Silverbed. But because my mind was already made up at Sidi Plaza, when the map was saying, voice guided, please make a left, please make a left, what did I do? I made a right. In fact, I did not even hear that he said make a left, even though he was saying it. Don't forget, not only was the voice there, even the arrow, right? Because if you read, if you look at the map, you can see the arrow. It was showing left. I did not, I kid you here, I did not hear. Even though the thing was loud enough for me to hear. Even though physically it was in my front to see. Why did the Jews reject Jesus? It wasn't because he wasn't good enough. It was because of what they thought, already thought about eh? God. The picture of God they had is the reason they could not receive life that was in front of them. He said, make a left. I was going to the right. And I eventually made a right. And now I made a right, if you know, those of you who know where I'm talking about, I made that right in front of Sheraton. And then I was expecting the map to say, make a left. Because if I make a left, that's how I get to City Plaza. The maps now say, make another right. I say, what? Well, something is wrong with this map. Was there anything wrong with the map? Church, was there anything wrong with the map? Was there anything wrong with the road? Was there anything wrong with the direction? The people who sent me the direction from Lagos, did they make a mistake? What? Why did I get myself in all this confusion? My mind was already locked on somewhere. And then I said, something is not right. Something is See, I'm not thinking me. I'm thinking something is not right. The map is not right. The country is not working. This is not working. I never thought me until I pulled over. I said, no, something is not right. All of a sudden, it's like, oh God, where are you going to? Right? And then suddenly, I made the right turn. I got to where I was going to. Remember, there was no problem with the address. There was no problem with the map. There was no problem with the road. The location did not change. 
What is it that propelled my action? Was where my mind was eh? locked in. Today, I say to people, for example, this week, this month, we're talking about relationships. And this is how people miss God. You may have been praying to God for something. You're praying to God for marriage. You're praying to God for your children to do better. You're praying to God for, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. More money. You want to start a new business. You are praying for your health. You're looking for a lot of things. Because that's where your mind is locked. You're trying to do something very mighty. That's where your mind is locked. You come to church unknown to you. The answer to that prayer is in your relationships. The answer to the new business. The answer to a better home. The answer to money. The answer to all things is that you need to adjust how you approach relationships. So you come to church and I'm talking about relationships. You're not even listening. Why? Because your mind is in money. Unknown to you, the way to get there is by relationships. Friends, have I told you before? It is the spirit of God that knows what we need. How many of you believe that? It can see more than your physical eyes. Because most of us live by our eyes. We respond to things according to how we see them. And we try to fix them according to how we fix them. And I've told you over and over, the way God works is different from how man works. How many of you have heard me say that? God works differently. And he works from inside of us. And so, I'm saying this to get you to what? Loosen up your mind. God is not far. Think about it, friends. All the benefit we're enjoying in God today, is it today he provided it? Why did we not enjoy it? Because we didn't know. We are told the wrong thing and we had the wrong God, the wrong idea of God in our mind. What did it take to fix it? Is to show us the truth. And so when we are confronted with the truth, don't forget, the most important thing Jesus said to them was to repent. Change your mind. Change your mind from thinking of God that is in the sky to think about a God who is here with you. Somebody say a loud amen. Are you with me so far this morning? And so I'm trying to prepare your mind because throughout this month we are dealing with this issue of relationship and I've told them already the idea is not for you to know something. It is for your heart to be healed. It's not for you to know something. It's for your heart. So all I ask of you friend is to submit your heart. Is to submit and allow God. I didn't ask you to do any other thing. Allow him to repair you. Allow him to fix your hearts. Allow him to renew you. Because I'm going to show you how important relationships are in our lives. And that's what I tell people. One of the ways you will know that you have entered error. One of the ways you have known that somebody is lying to you about God. Is when you claim to be serving God. But you are losing your relationships. You are even seeing your family members. As something totally different. That's how you know. That's one way you know. Suddenly you know that it's not right. Because it's the will of God to bring us all together. Is that true? Is that true? It's the will of God to bring us all together. That's what he wants. Praise God. And so. Let me begin this morning by saying this to you. 
I want to remind you a few things. Remember, we say that words moves a man's spirit. Have we said that? Do you believe that now? Is that true? Do you understand that? That words, a man's spirit is molded by words. And whatever that mode is, is what that man becomes. However, a man's spirit is molded, is how that man becomes. Now, listen to me carefully. I have said this. I don't want to get into the argument of which one is soul, which one is spirit, which one is heart. Just know that there is, we are beyond what we are on the outside. There is something that is inside of us. Right? Whatever that thing is inside is what we are on the outside. And that thing that is inside of us, call it mind, subconscious mind, heart, spirit, is molded by words. Is molded by words. It cages man's spirit. And those who have followed me this week, you will hear me talk about our formative relationship. But I'm not going to talk about that now. Because the relationship I want to talk about first is with respect to community. That's the first relationship I want to talk about. As a foundation, and then we start to go from there. Just listen to me carefully. Number one, I've said that to you. So, the words I speak to you molds your spirit. Now, my goal in ministry and what God has sent me to do is to speak words or to teach or to preach or to pastor or to mentor people so that their spirits are molded back into their God nature. Listen to me very carefully. You can listen to a set of people and you become a slave for the rest of your life. How many of you know that's true? You become a slave. My work and my call into the ministry is to speak words of heaven. And what that word is designed to do is to mold your spirit back from being a human being, just a human being, to a God being. That means you are born again from being Adam into the fullness of Christ. You know that once we are connected back to Christ, we go back to our divine origin. And so the words I speak to you, whether in private or in public, whether it's on the daily messages, on a Sunday, it doesn't matter. My work is to minister to you where you return to the fullness of your place as a God being. That means a son of God. If we are born of the father, we are like him. So that is why, for example, men who carry Bible, who speak from the earth, will tell you that you're a sinner. Have you heard that before? They will tell you that you're a sinner. Men who speak from the power of heaven will look at the sinner and say that you are righteous. Because the power in the world is supposed to remove the man's spirit from being sinner to righteous. Does that make sense? It's easy to understand. When people are dragging this thing, they don't know what they are dragging. We know say you be sinner. Correct, correct. We know. But calling you sinner cannot change you. Or calling you sinner and telling you to go and change yourself cannot change you. So, that's why the Bible says that the power of God to save and to deliver is in the gospel. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. 
What does that gospel do? That gospel looks at a sinner. He says to that sinner, you are righteous. And that word, when we say receive it, is that let your spirit accept that you are righteous. Because whatever a man is inside is what will become where? Does it make sense to you now? So it's not argument of, uh, they said, no, 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 no. Because if you keep calling the man sinner, he keeps remaining a sinner. I mean, I, I was in my friend's house uh, the other day, and uh, his cook, I don't know what his cook uh, did. He was calling the man, this stupid man, come on, go and do this. I forgot. I'm still going to tell him. I tell him that, as you continue to call him stupid, so he will continue to be stupid. So you are paying a stupid cook <laughs> to be cooking for you. Huh? And you'll be cooking stupid food. The more you call him stupid, everything about him becomes stupid. I was going to tell him, if you don't want to deal with him, fire him. But don't put a man in your kitchen and be calling the man stupid all the time. Yeah, because there's, don't forget what I keep telling you. Worse, most men's spirit. Don't forget that. And so that's what my work is. So when you come here, I am supposed to speak to you from heaven. And it is the words of heaven that looks at a sinner and said, declare that man. So Jesus, for example, Jesus looked at a dead man. He said, no, he's not dead. He's uh, sleeping. You see, that's heaven. To the carnal mind is dead. And so don't forget. So from there, because why is it important that you transition into your God nature. Why is that important? Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Because it's only God that can behave like God. Religion tries to tell a man to behave like God. A man cannot behave like God. Look up here. Let's use the one that everybody knows. Love. Love. If I tell you that you love somebody, you say true. Not for we are. That love is human love. You are love for anybody. Okay, listen to me carefully. You are love for anybody is human love. And we love for reason. It is human love. The highest love you can offer is human love. And human love, love for their own sake. I love you for my own sake. So here is Pastor Man. Pastor Man does everything good. He's always sowing seed into pastor's life. Somebody say amen. Dangerous seed. <laughs> He's always doing everything good. He comes to church on time. If I call him one time, he answers seven times. Hmm? He's always going to evangelism. In fact, he comes to my house to help me wash my clothes. Now, pastor loves him. Right? But, if I was told that he's gossiping about me, what do you think happens? Huh? Hmm? Okay. Let's leave Pastor May alone. I use Pastor May too much. Let me leave Pastor May alone. Let's look for other people. When I've told you this before, Sisters, when a man comes to you and says, I love you. I want to die because of you. Mumu. Say, eh, you? Hey, you are the sugar in my tea. <laughs> Begin to talk all those things that they don't mean. Why did he choose you? Is the question. 
among other people. Why did he come to you? And in case you don't know, let me open your eyes so that you will know. It's because he has, that's if he means it, it's because he has first of all looked at everybody. He looks at you, right? You have what he needs. First of all, in my first be appearance, your appearance is pleasant to him. Your appearance is pleasant. And then he thinks that you will not give him problems. He thinks that you will do everything he asks you to do. Notice that in all this, listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. In all this, he's not even thinking about you. Have you noticed that? He's not thinking about you. He's thinking about him. This one will be a good wife. This one will not give me a problem. Even if I give this one 500, they can use it to cook soup. Hmm? After he has calculated all that, he now comes and says, I love you. I love you. I love you, die. I love you. And the sister themselves, when the sister said, let me go and hear from God. What is he trying to check? What is he trying to check? If you are good for her, which, guy, which God did they hear? You don't hear God before. She's trying to check whether your family will not give him pro- give her problems. She's trying to check that this guy, you know, be like who the big person. Right? When she checks all that finish, I come at the spoiler market this morning. <laughs> when she checks all that finish, she now says, Okay, the Lord has spoken. Yeah? Brother, I think we can move forward. <laughs> Listen to me carefully. No man can love like God. Only God can love like a God. You love your children perfectly. They know that I know you when they were still very little. No be so. Mm-hmm. That time they can't talk. They can't. So you love them. But that you are love as they go. You're expecting something in return. How many parents believe that here? You're expecting something in return. And if they continue not to follow the path you want, you still love them, but don't enter the love. Is that true? That's true, friends. See, no human being... So when you not tell people, hey, love like God, no human being has the capacity to love like God. Because God is the one that loves you for your own sake. If God needs water to drink, you cannot give him water. If he's hungry, you cannot feed him. So God's love is to love us into wholeness. God's love for us is for our own sake. Man will love for his own sake. So all those I love you song where they sing, they close your eyes. You better open it. And so, the only way to get men to love like God is to make them to become like a God. When they are God, that means they are now walking, their spirit has been molded into the God being spirit, into the nature. That same love of God can flow from inside of them. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Does that make sense this morning? And so, look, look, when we are wise, the scriptures makes us wise. When we are wise, we know what to expect. I thought you love me. 
No, I thought you loved me. The man was saying that he loves you because he doesn't really know you. Now that he has found that some things, all the butterflies in the stomach, they are flying away. They don't work. Huh? They have all died. You are becoming wise in the name of Jesus. You know what people don't know. You know. And that's why people fight. Couples who loved each other before claim to love each other. They now want to kill one another. They want the relationship, the marriage you entered singing the now. It, when you think about it, you want to, in fact, you want to end it. I thought you said you love one another. Sir, let us be truthful to ourselves. It's only God that can love like God. No human being can love like God. Doesn't matter. Oh, I was watching a picture. I saw Pope got angry. I was shocked. Because all the while I've watched him, I didn't know that in all the holiness that the man can never be angry. Because he's always blessing people. Always blessing people. And then he said, he stretches out his hand to wave somebody. This woman pulled his hand and held the hand. Pope start to fight. I say, eh? Don't I'm, listen, this is not about any dinner. I'm not talking about, you know what I mean? But, but I'm trying to tell you the reality. If the man could verse in the public, that means in the private, he saw the, saw the verse, Abby. Good. It's only Jesus that saw people nailing him on the cross and he started to pray for them. Say, forgive them for they know not what they do. Man, no fit one. So if I tell you, hey, see what Jesus did. You to do like that. I am deceiving you because no man can do it. The only way is that that man's spirit is remolded to become like the spirit of God. So that the love of God flows through that man. Are you with me so far this morning, friend? So when we talk about relationship, I need you to understand what I'm saying to you. That's why I say to you, my work, the message I preach, the things I say to you is supposed to remove your spirit, remake your spirit from being Adam to Christ. From being a mortal man to a spiritual man. From being a human being to becoming God being. Because that is the nature of God and that's the desire of God for us. That as he is, so are we. Otherwise, I'll teach you religious things. And you're full of religion, but you're full of pain inside. Note this very carefully, friends. Note this very carefully. Very important to know this. You cannot do beyond yourself. You can act. But when settle, settle, the real you will come out. And so now, if God is in you, when the real you come out, who will come out? God. Praise God. So only God can do like God. So, what does that mean to us in person? That means if we become God beings, don't forget, friend, I've been talking about heaven because all these are connected together. I've been talking about heaven. If God, if we, are be, if we become like him, that means, don't forget, it's not as if he's going to make us to be like him. Has he already done that? In Christ? Has he finished it? The thing is that, number one, we didn't know. So we were calling the deity God we are calling Jesus of Nazareth out, not pointing to the Christ that we have become. So now that we are knowing, the more 
our spirit opens to eat that. That's why Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from man. No. The word must come from who? God. That's where the word must come from. And so, if we are like him, don't forget one attribute of God is that wherever God is, heaven is there. Is that true? Yeah. So if we become like him, ask me this question, beloved. Now that we are confirming where heaven is, so what then is the purpose of that? Before you are thinking it's just when you finish here, you just go to one place. Now we are telling you that heaven has come back to here. So what is the purpose? First, sir, listen to me carefully. Heaven first begins in man. Then it starts to control his environment. It starts to control his environment. And that's why I want to talk about relationship with respect to community. That that heaven that is in us becomes present in our home. Somebody say loud amen. Oh, I see your homes becoming heaven in the name of Jesus. Truth, truthfully. I am, listen, I'm a pastor. I deal with people. I deal with people. And the work I do is so close. When I start to talk to people, they stop to pretend and come real. Now, the things I see shocks me. It doesn't shock me. Before it would have, but now it doesn't. Because I know that the best of man is a man. Pastors who will preach that fire. But when they go home, they punch their wives. They punch their wives. I have seen a lot, friends. And so when I talk, I say some certain things. I know what I'm talking about. First of all, my eyes sees in the realm of the spirit. But again, also, my experience dealing with people. What are we talking about? Let's, that's why I said to people, the religion has never, it has not helped us. And the people, re, people reject truth of God because they are holding on to religion. Like I told you this morning, I was holding on to an address. And the truth is telling me, go left, go left. I was going right. They hold on to religion. No, leave it so that you embrace life. Leave it so that you can see the fullness of God. Friend, if heaven is in us, the goal is that it pervades, it controls our environment. That is the reason. There is no point of raising families where you do every day, morning devotion, morning, afternoon devotion, evening devotion, night devotion, midnight devotion, but there's no peace in the house. You are deceiving yourself. If that devotion cannot bring peace, cancel it. That's why I'm saying, don't hold on to things and reject the truth. Because that devotion is supposed to bring the presence of God in that house. Is that true? Part of this teaching, as I go down the line, I will tell you, I've announced that this morning. Where the Bible says, thou shalt not grieve, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, right? I will explain to you what it means. I will show you in the scripture so you see what it means. Friends, come on now. Come on, come on. Let's be real. Let's be real and forget this drama. What am I saying that? The kingdom of God that is in me ought to be in my environment. Ought to control my environment. And that's what I'm talking about. So I'm, I'm just laying the foundation. The goal of this teaching, this morning as we go, is that the same one who is not starts to control our environment. Somebody say aloud, amen.
How many of you are looking forward to that? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Heavenly homes. Heavenly existence. Where the peace of God reigns in my home. Sir, there are too many things that can make you afraid outside. Look at the news. Look at the situations. You want to come into a place and that place is heaven. If they tell you you are not good and outside, when you come here, everybody here tells you you are good. Now that doesn't mean we don't correct. I'll get to that. But just listen to me very carefully. Why is this very important? Why is it that our environment, our communities, the places we reign, why is it important that it becomes heaven? Now, I've been shedding this throughout this week, but for those who have not listened, let me tell you this. Now, I'm going to leave Bible now and come back to science. Don't forget, it's religion that tells you that science fights God. Remember that. When we know the truth of God, science only reveals God. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Because religion is a lie. It tells you that science is against God. No. Science is only unveiling God in reality. Remember, the difference between what? There's a difference between science don't believe in faith. So they want to prove what you are saying practically. But if what they are proving is true, remember it's God. It will always be true. It will always be true. Science is not against God. Science is against religion. Religion is against science. They didn't add anything to them. They didn't do anything to them. All they did was they enrolled them in the study. They checked their health at the beginning as they enrolled right, and just documented their lives. That's all they did. They didn't give them medicine. They didn't give them anything. They didn't add anything to their lives. What they did was just enroll them, check their condition, their medical condition, check their health at the beginning, and then just follow their lives for 75 years. Of course, some died along the way, as you will expect, right? Some of them ended up being rich. Some ended up being poor. One of them ended up being a U.S. president. One of the people in the study ended up being a U.S. president. Some of them were very educated. Some were less educated. Now follow me carefully. At the end of 75 years of this study, they came out with a conclusion. They came out with a conclusion. And what is that conclusion? Number one. They say that good relationships keeps us happier and healthier. Because they say that what made a significant difference in others, listen to me carefully, and what separated their experience, whether they lived healthier and longer, now, the thing that came up at most that helped them is good relationships. In this report, you know what Harvard titled their own? They said, good genes is good, but joy is better, they said. Are they preaching the Bible? Hmm? Yes. Perfect. They are preaching the Bible. What did the Bible say? The kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. 
In fact, correct translation is not in the rules of what to eat and what not to eat. He said the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness. What? Peace and what? Harvard says joy is better. What are the fruit of the spirit, ladies and gentlemen? Love, peace, and uh, and uh, what? Okay. So it's not past. It's not past what I say now. Harvard is saying that joy is greater than your genes. They said, and that joy is better. Is grown in community. The second thing they said is that. Embracing community helps us live longer and healthier. Oh my goodness. That embracing community helps us live healthier and happier. Now, the community I'm talking here about, remember, I'm talking about relationship. Now, the relationship I'm talking about here goes beyond husband and wife. How many of you know that even when husband and wife are having issues that if they have a healthy community surrounding them, they can resolve that much quicker. Is that true? They have a healthy community around them. Let me tell you something else. Doctors say that when people undergo surgery, and I'm quoting for you what scientific minds are saying. Because God is not different, friends. They say that when people do surgery in a hospital, that those who have people who visit them often, they say that those people recover quickly and quicker and better than those who don't have anybody visiting them. See, you see that nonsense? That stupid lie? I can do it alone by myself. If you do your head, you come up and today completely. It's a lie. That is why when we go to visit people, pray for them, care for them, like the Bible instructs us, you can see where it's coming, where it's important. Scientific minds are saying that those people recover quickly because those visits those care, what does he plant in their heart? Joy in the midst of their pain. It makes them know that somebody cares. Oh, somebody cares. See, I'm, remember I'm talking about community today. The essence of community. So this relationship I'm talking about today, other times we get into husband, wife, and all those stuff. But today, don't forget, I'm talking about community. Community. They say that embracing a community helps us. And I'm going to get in this way this message will end because I'm going to talk about what this community should look like. Why is that important? Because it is also true, ladies and gentlemen, that some of the deepest hurts we have ever had came from relationships. Is that true? Somebody else outside can say you're stupid and you don't mind them. But when your husband says you're stupid, it touches you somewhere in the core. When people you trust hurt you. When relationships don't sit right. As I was explaining to them this morning, some of you adults and everybody here is an adult already. 
but I can tell you without missing words that some of the characters you have now, 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 the real you now was formed by the between zero and seven years old. That's why this week I was talking about, you know, our initial relationship, how they molded us, the things that were said to us. Now, I'm trying to do an introduction today and we're going to build on this. Don't forget, just think about everything I have said. It is in the wisdom of God that we belong to families because God knows that we need it. But sometimes our greatest hurts come from those places. And that's why I'm praying for you. I've been praying before I come here that in any way you've been hurt by father, by mother, by uncles, by people around, that the hand of God brings healing to your heart in the name of Jesus. That you are healed and healed completely. Because those things sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, is what molds men. Remember I told you, men are molded by words. Words is not only this one. When something happens to you, that thing speaks to you. Have I said that to you? Yes, it speaks to you. It tells you something. And so it doesn't matter where it has been. Friend, listen to me. When the Spirit of God is anchoring or something, please pay attention. I told you, some of you are looking for, praying for breakthrough, praying for that. No, God is interested in healing you. Repairing the hearts. Because I know that in that places where we're supposed to get help, it hurts more when those places hurt us. You trusted people, they took advantage of you. The people who were supposed to care for you, they didn't care for you. All those thoughts makes human beings up. And that's what's responsible for how you react to things. That's what's responsible for how you react to things. Did you know, let me say this to you. Did you know that those who, Christians, let me say this now. Christians who live in the northern region where there has been violence against Christians. Look up here. Christians who live in the northern region where they have been very violent against Christians. Did you know that it will be harder for them to believe about a God who does not kill? How many of you know that? You know that, right? Why? What are you talking about? They want a God who will revenge. Because they have seen people killed. So it has conditioned their spirit. They are not looking for a God who does not kill. They want a God who will kill. So you and I here are talking about a God who does not kill for where? No. They want to go somewhere God is about to roast their enemies. Because what they saw has spoken to their spirits. He has conditioned them in a particular way. They, they are the ones who will argue with you the most. And so friends, let me get to this. And then we'll round off for today. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Before I read, let me tell you this. That the safest community that you can find yourself in and plant yourself in is where Christ is being revealed. Notice I did not say church. I did not say church. Because church that was supposed to help some of us ended up hurting us. Is that true? And today we can forgive because some of them didn't know any better. 
what was passed to them was what they took. Or, or how life has conditioned them is what they called calling. How life has conditioned them is that conditioning. They only look for a Bible passage to back it up. It became their ministry. <laughs> People who don't like dressing well. Originally, they don't like dressing well. Right? They don't like dressing well. Huh? They don't like dressing well. <laughs> they don't like dressing well. Originally, they don't like dressing well. How many of you know that they will be likely the people who will tell you that those who dress well will go to hell? How many of you know that? They don't like it. So when they now, they now see a Bible passage to back it up. <laughs> they say if you, if you wear makeup, if you do your hair, if you do this one. They are the ones who will go and look for videos that will tell you that the nail polish you are using, they made it under the waters. <laughs> they are the ones. Because they never liked it. See, see, look up here. This spirit of Christ, which is supposed to reborn them, never entered them. They only saw Bible passages to stiffen a dead life. We have a ministry that's very popular in this country today. And they will tell you why about the founder. They say in their village, now so so witch, witch full everywhere. They are killing people up and down. See? And today they specialize in killing and roasting people all over the place. <laughs> See, guys, listen very carefully. The safest place you can join yourself is where Christ is being revealed. You know why? Because Christ is not dependent on situation. It's just God revealed to you. It's not that man's experience that he's teaching you. No. Even though he might be failing or fail one way or the other, but he's pointing you to Christ. Because he does not fail. Right? He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and uh, forever. Praise God. I know I'm keeping this a little quiet today. Is that okay for everybody here? But you're hearing what I'm saying, right? Okay. So, listen to me. Don't say, because I would have said, listen to me, I would have said, ah, the best community is church. No, I cannot, I cannot say that. Because me, I've been in places. No. The best community that you can connect to is where Christ is preached, where Christ is revealed. Because wherever he reveals, light comes. People are set free from bondage. Now, let me show you that in the scripture. Let's read. Can you see this? Uh, let's read everybody. Last verse one to go. And now we are brothers and sisters. Did you see where we started? What are we? Brothers and uh, sisters. What are we? Brothers and what? Sisters. In whose God's family. Why? Because of what? The blood of a Jesus, and he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary. Where? Where? Did I show you heavenly room before? 
boldly and without uh, hesitation. You know why I said where Christ is revealed? Because a man cannot give you what he does not uh, have. A man whose heart is full of condemnation will condemn you. A man who feels that God is angry at him, that is what he will tell you. It doesn't matter what the Spirit of God says to him. He will give you the picture of an angry God. A frustrated God. The God they preached to me was always frustrated. A frustrated God. If God come frustrated, what do you mean I can't do now? I'll finish. If you don't do this, God is like this, God is like that. And those things damaged our lives. It damaged our lives. Where we're supposed to be free, fear caged us in. You don't know what that did until your eyes open to see. You have no idea. Listen to what he says. Listen. Just listen from the beginning. Now. He said now. Not tomorrow. Now. We are what? Brothers and what? Sisters. No one is higher in rank than the other. Our offices may differ. But in the eyes of God. We are brothers and sisters. In God's family. Why are we? Because we did right? No. Because we did wrong? No. Why? Because of what? The blood of uh, Jesus. How does this happen? When we teach men that the blood of Jesus has purified them. Not that the blood of Jesus is what you used to sprinkle on your car when you are traveling. But that the blood of Jesus has purified them. So that means this assembly of God's family are people who know that the blood of Jesus has set them free. I hope you understand what that means. Now, it says, and he welcomes us to come into the most holy. Now, don't forget the book of Hebrews in case you have not seen the name, was written to who? Hebrews. We can learn the truth in it, but the primary audience was the Jews. So he was using something that they know to communicate with them, which was the temple. They know that the place that God dwelt is in the holy of uh, holies. That's what he's saying here. He said, he has welcomed us. Not that, no, he has welcomed us to come into the most holy sanctuary. We are in the heavenly realm. He has welcomed us. Not that one day, one day, we will go somewhere. But where we are now, he has welcomed us where? Into the heavenly realm. If I dwell in there, and that heaven dwells in me, my environment ought to be that heaven. Praise God. Are you with me so far this morning? Sir, there's no need for church if we don't say the truth. Boldly and without hesitation. Why are we going with boldness? Because our hearts have been purified. Let me not jump myself. Give me the next line. You'll see what I'm telling you now. For he has dedicated a new and living way for us to approach God. Now, he start to connect their memory 
so that they will remember. He said, because for as the veil was torn in two. Which veil was that? The temple veil, right? The old system of worship. Where God is inside, you are outside. Where you need the priest before you get to God. He says, that veil was torn in two. He says, in the same way, Jesus' body was torn open. To do what? To give us what? Free and fresh access to him. Don't forget, beloved, the old arrangement was covered by a curtain. You could not go in. And that's the kind of church people do today. Only the priest can go in. No. It says just as that curtain was torn, the, blood of, the body of Jesus was cut open. So that through his body, all of us can enter into this holy place. It says, free. Don't forget the word free. So when I teach you the one that you need to qualify for, you know it's not Jesus that I'm teaching you. That's why I said to you, you've got to belong to a family where Christ is unveiled. Fresh access to him. Next line. I'm going somewhere. And since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into whose house? God's house. Don't forget again, he's using these things because that's what the Jews knew. High priest, temple, veil. Because remember what the arrangement was. Remember what the arrangement was. The priest only entered the Holy of Holies. How many times a year? One time a year. And the priest had to be pure. First of all, for his own sake, before he enters. To avoid problem, they used to tie a chain in their leg. And a bell. So that as he's doing his thing, you are hearing, it was technology. Yeah? Once you stop hearing the bell, you know that the man is dead. Then they will use that chain to bring the man out. Look up here. Did you know that nobody died like that? Hmm? No. No. That's no record. That's no record. <laughs> That's no record. Ah. <laughs> That's no record. Did you think that they were pure? Listen, listen, listen. One day, the Spirit of God asked me a question. After he has said some things to me, he now came back and he asked me this question. He said, so, why did God request? Because when Jesus came, Jesus says, he says your fat offerings did not please God. He said your burnt offerings did not mean anything to God. That's what Jesus said to them. But don't forget, for thousands of years, they were required to do that. So if Jesus says, that it did not please God. Why were they asked to do it? Notice that. What was the arrangement? Yeah, 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 yeah. People come today and they say, hey, you know, if you sin, go and pray God. I'm sorry. Hey, please now, forgive me. That's nonsense. The only way to get rid of sin is death. The soul that sin must die. It's not by sorry. Oh, Father, I'm sorry. I didn't know I did it wrong. That one is me and you. Full of emotion. God is standard. The only way to get rid of sin is death. It's not sorry. 
It's not, um, um, Father, um, it them, if you forgive me, I will not do it again. And of, of course, you did it again anyway. The only way to get away from sin is death. That's why God told them, instead of killing yourself, bring an uh, animal. And the requirement was that this animal has to be pure. No blemish. What did they do? So, they will bring their animal. And once a year, they bring their animal. They carry the thing. The sinner carries the thing to the high priest. And when he gets there, the high priest does not examine the sinner. Because he knows that the man is a sinner. What does he examine? He examines his lamb. And then they will kill the lamb and then burn the smoke. So, the idea they had, and my own idea is that God must be in heaven smoking the barbecue as they roast, as they roast the goat. God said, mm. <laughs> And they did this for thousands of years. Jesus now came and said, God was never pleased with your sacrifice. But why did he ask them to do it? Here's what the Spirit of God said to me. Watch this. When the man carries his goat or ram and go and sacrifice, he watched them burn the thing. The, the smoke will go up. You know what he does? In that smoke going up, he believes that he has been forgiven. So the sacrifice was not for God. It was for them. It was not for God. Because when Jesus came, he said, he, God was never interested. No, but it was for their own. So they feel, ah, thank, thank, oh, thank you, Father. <clears throat> At least I paid for my sin. They can go home. The sacrifice was not for God. It was for them. So that their heart will come down so small. In fact, the Bible confirms again. It says that the yearly sacrifice did not remove their consciousness sin from their consciousness. It was just made to help them stay cool. But now I have a high priest. Somebody say amen. His blood is not the blood of goats. The Bible says, by one sacrifice, this, my high priest, has made an end to sin. He says, forever and ever. See, that's why I say to you, you must hear the voice of God speak to you. Because when he does, it does not make you a sinner. It makes you righteous. I have a high priest. Don't forget, if you look at the book of Hebrews, it tells you clearly. Their own high priest could not sit down. It was a law. They could not sit down. Why? The sacrifice was continuous. And the book of Hebrews says, this high priest, he says, when he has made an end to the sacrifice, he sat down. Forever and ever. You know they stand up again. Like you do something. God say, eh, this one, you know follow for the sacrifice though? No. No. Now, let me continue. Because of time. Next line. Next line. Give me next line, please. We come closer to God. Don't forget, I'm talking about community. But look at where we're coming from. He says, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart. Fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been what? Sprinkled with what? The blood of Jesus. Uncle, the blood of Jesus is not something you sprinkle on your bread before you eat it. The purpose of the blood is to remove, look at it, 
is been sprinkled with blood to remove what? Impurity. And we, I spoke to you about the purity of your heart. We have been, he says, we have been freed from accusing what? Conscience. Now we are what? Clean and constant and presentable. Let's read that, everybody. Now we are clean. No, let's start from here. Now we are clean. Now we are now we are presentable to God. How? Inside and outside. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have to tell the believer man that he has been cleaned by the blood of Jesus inside and outside. That's the voice of heaven. I went to church every day for 19 years and they told me how I have offended God. How God is not happy. How God is angry. Nobody told me that I have already been made clean. And until you tell men that the sacrifice of Jesus has made them clean, they will never be clean. Because inside of them is full of condemnation and impure consciousness. Remember what I said to you. When you hear the voice of heaven, it looks at the sinner and say, believe that Jesus has paid for you and you are clean. And when that man's spirit starts to believe it, remember I was talking to you about love, right? We get there now. Because a man whose heart is impure cannot be pure in his conduct. Is that true? If a man's heart is full of condemnation, he will condemn you. If a man's heart is full of anger, he will be angry at you. It doesn't matter what you do doesn't matter what you do. We have been cleaned. I am glad that I have been cleaned inside and outside. Unstained. And I'm presentable to God at all times. Nothing holding me back. Friend, remember what I told you. The only thing that can hold you back is that you, you refuse the truth and go and hold on to lies. All the lies they have lied to you about God. No, but this is the scripture. And this is why I like to read from line to line. So you know, I'm not making stuff up. Give me the next line quickly. So now, now listen to this. Why I told you community, if you want to be back, back, part of a community, be where Christ is revealed. Now, after he has told us all these good things, the instructions now start to come. Ladies and gentlemen, look at the instruction. Now, so now, so why is he saying so now? So now that we are we are unstained, we are presentable before God. Now, wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives in heaven. No. Where is the hope? Within you. Knowing that God always keeps his promises. It is not several steps on how to get God to work for you. No. God always keeps his promises. The Bible says, Next line. Now, <laughs> here's where I'm coming to. Look at what he says. He told us how we have a different high priest. He told us how we are now one with God. He told us how we are stained. After saying all that, he did not say, ladies and gentlemen, he never said, now, after you have done that, remain in one place, for one day you're going up in the sky. No. Look at what he says. Discover creative ways to do what? To do what? 
Linear, let me hear you. To do what? Discover creative ways to encourage one another. He says. And to motivate them towards acts of what? Compassion. Doing beautiful works as expressions of what? Love. Somebody say community. Now we are getting here. Why is faith first important? If a man's heart is pure, his work will be pure. If a man knows that God has forgiven me, and because he has forgiven me, I also know that he has forgiven you. The way I treat you will be different. Is that true? That's why I said, I didn't say church. I said a place where Christ is unveiled. Now that we know who we are, that God is not condemning you, God is not judging you, I can correct you without condemning you. How many of you know that? Some of our biggest pains started in church. Now, don't get angry. Please don't. Don't be offended. Because truthfully, a lot of them didn't know what they were doing. What they, what they did is what they were told. That's what they did. And then, in addition to that, a lot of them did what they liked. What they was closer to them, who they are. They just migrated it into the ministry. And then they read Bibles to back it up. No. Anything that is called church, the only reason a place should be called church is because Christ is unveiled. Because when Christ is unveiled, he lifts you up. You see in him that your sins are forgiven. You see in him, if you walk, walked up to church that day weak, when you see him, strength comes to your heart. That's what it's supposed to be. After he has said all these things, he didn't even say, sing praise and worship to God. Did he say that? Huh? Mm -mm. He says, discover creative ways to encourage one another. Remember, a man cannot give you what he doesn't have. You need to follow men who knows the, their heart has been made pure by Christ. Because it will tell in the things that they do. Because if you don't understand these things, I made a post yesterday on Facebook, I was laughing. If you don't understand what salvation means, you can be praying like Satan in the name of Jesus. You can be preaching to people like a demon in the name of Jesus. And it's true. It's true. Most of the fears I dealt with. Hey, look, I used to live my life just like every other person. Didn't fear nothing. Never feared anything. I was in a plane going to Portacourt. The plane was going up, coming down. Everybody was there. That time I didn't know what tongues were was. They were there. I said, why is this dude making noise? No, that time, I never entered church. Listen, what I'm telling you is that AC is blowing. Heat is derailing people from head to toe. I went from there to a place where two days before I entered the plane, I was still having a headache because of fear. I'm telling you the truth. When the plane landed in Port Harcourt, <laughs> safely, I was asking, 
Why were you even shouting? What I'm saying is that the plane was bouncing up, down. Bouncing up, down. I've never seen that kind of thing before. But I left that place to a place where, listen, I'm not kidding you. If I buy a ticket to board a plane in two weeks' time, I will start to panic now. As the day goes closer, the headache will start coming. I've never entered the flight though. Because fear has been started into my heart. Fear has been started into my heart. I will be on the plane speaking in tongues. Inside of me. Eh? But I'm dying. See. <laughs> I'll be flying for 18 hours non-stop. I'm sitting down. But I'm not sitting down. Fear. Fear. I will pray and pray and pray. I will sprinkle the blood of Jesus. I didn't know the blood of Jesus was to sprinkle my heart. I will sprinkle every part of the plane. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. My prayer was I will start from the engine. The engine, I plead the blood of Jesus. The landing gear, the blood of Jesus. When I have finished the ones I remember, I will say every knot and every boat. And then I will come to the pilot. I said, pilot, I soak your head in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> oh boy. I'm sure if you see me like that, I say, this man can pray. Have you? Now fear. 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 Before I land, my head will be pounding. The headache so excessive. I will try to sleep. Nothing will happen. Sleep for where? Where is that coming from? I didn't used to fear before. But now, friends, listen to me carefully. Whatever has gone wrong, God is healing you in the name of Jesus. Some of the behaviors that have stopped you, that's how he came. That's how he came. You didn't know. In the nonsense of your heart, you ate what you should have, what you should have never eaten. Listen to what you have never, should have never listened before. Those things are very powerful. Especially because it's connected to God. When people say God is like this, God say like this, God say like that, God say like that. Your moment of healing is here today in the name of Jesus. Friend, listen to me carefully. I'm going to stop now. Let me just tidy up this and I'll continue from here next Sunday. Don't forget, in all that he said, the next thing is that we should discover ways to encourage one another. Not even discover ways to worship God. He didn't say that. Ways to encourage one another. Because God lives in this, my brother. If I encourage this man, if I serve this man, I'm serving God. Because God lives in him. No. But we don't want to talk about the God that lives in us. We want to talk about the God that is in heaven. So I can worship that one and hate my brother. I can write songs of that one. How majestic is that one in heaven? The people you want to sing it with, you can't stand them. You are writing to God. No, sir. It says we should discover creative ways to encourage 
one another. So a community of Christ is a place where we encourage who? One another. And motivate them to acts of compassion. Doing beautiful works as expression of love. Next verse. Next verse. Let me tidy up here. Next verse. Give me the next verse quickly, please. This is not time to pull away and neglect meeting together. This is where it talks about, the old translation talks about the forsaking the assembly of the brethren. But look at the context in which he said it. Look at the context. So God wants us to be in a community where we do what? Encourage what? One another. Church coming is not because, oh, this morning is so convenient for me. This morning, let me go and receive something. Yes, you come to receive, but you must also be ready to give. And when I say give, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about looking at another brother and say, God bless you, my brother. You just never know what the person is dealing with that week. Now, if it's left for the past alone, how many people can I greet at the end of the service? How many people can I get close? So, we're supposed to, we're supposed to tell you. Because now you know you are pure. Now that you know you carry God, you'll be ready to give him out. To one another, he says. Discover creative ways to encourage one another. Because no matter how anointed you are, there may be weeks that will be tough for you. Is that true? That's true. And then you are waiting for God who will send encouragement from heaven. No, God lives in us. And so when I come to church, I come to church, know that this is a community where I get encouraged and I encourage the other people. 